Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Welcome to today's podcast. We're your host, Daniel Bonnie Hoover. That's right. I'm so glad to have you on today's episode. So today we were just sitting around talking. Um, we recently booked a trip because our 25th wedding anniversary is coming up. Gosh, 25 years. 25 years. It'll be this summer, June 29th is 25 years. We got married at two o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. And... Um, yeah, and, it, and so we've been talking about planning a trip for a long time, but mm-hmm. it's, well, you've been talking about it for a long time, kind of nudging me along, pushing me along, and um, it's only taken me like two months or so to kind of pull the trigger on it because, I don't know, it's just been one of those things I've not really, I mean, I want to get away, don't get me wrong, I really want to get away and I could do some fun stuff, but every time we start talking about going and doing like an out-of-the-country, like... I don't know, like Jamaica or all-inclusive kind of trip, I get I get all tense and nervous about the idea of leaving the country. So we've we've done a lot of trips together and um, and a lot of traveling, but we've never done an all-inclusive. Like we've done a couple cruises; they were really cheap, terrible cruises. But uh, but we've never done an all-inclusive. And Bonnie's always wanted to. You've always wanted just to sit by the beach and have people bring you food and <laughs> drinks and. <laughs> And so we had one planned for our 15-year anniversary, and it was paid for. It was ready to go. We were excited about it. And then we found out that there was this little boy that was going to be born, and he was doing 12 weeks, and he needed a home. So we gladly canceled that trip yeah. and and bought a boy it, it, it <laughs> coincided with yeah. the, the due date coincided with That's our right. trip and so we so we got to adopt colby which was way better yeah but we uh so we still have never been done all inclusive well now 25 years in we're wanting to go and i was wanting to go and i was wanting to finally get to do what you've been wanting to do and and it's a weird world we live in. It is a weird now you don't world. want to leave the country. I know, and I, I know that sounds weird. There's part of me that's like, okay, there's the, okay, there's the, we'll have to test to get back in the country for COVID and all of that. And it was like, what if for some reason we get COVID and can't get back home, and and the sitters are kind of stranded here with the kids for another couple of weeks. Granted, you never know what the world's going to look like in six months. We're right. Kind of live in that. Time. Right. But then there's also this part of me that's like. Okay, we we have gone overnight. We've left the kids, I think, maybe the longest maybe was four nights, I think, yeah, for four. an anniversary or something. Yeah. But there is this little thing about, okay, that's a long time to leave the kids. And and that that kind of leads into what we're talking about today. So so we've always tried to... Um, to make a point to date each other and to spend, you know, time away just together. And I think that um, because we were married 13 years before we brought kids in, we got to view the landscape and decide what we wanted to do. I was telling someone the other day, it was our goal to treat the first child like the second child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the first child, you drop the pacifier on the ground, you're washing it off, sanitizing the second child. You're like, I don't care. You wipe it on your jeans. And so we're like, let's just try to lay back and not be the quintessential first time Mm -hmm. parent or parents. So literally Josie, like we had our first date 
after she was born what well we she was born on a wednesday and i think we went out well i think we just came home from the hospital that friday but the next friday we went out on yeah. a date so she was about a week old yeah when we went on our first date and, mm-hmm. and we were going for what, an hour hour and a half went and ate some italian probably talked about her the whole time and then came back and she was great she was fine and uh, that kind of set a precedent of okay listen this is going to be fine yeah kids yeah. can live without us yep for a little bit <laughs> I mean, short periods. Yeah, short periods of time. But why do we do this? We get we get caught up in thinking, okay, I'm just so tied to the kids that I can't sometimes connect with my spouse. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is in this world, it's very natural to put the kids first. But today we want to talk about why should kids come second? It's now time for Seriously Funny Dad Jokes. All right. I'm going to tell some funny jokes, and you're going to laugh. You ready? Uh-huh. All right, here we go. What did the drummer call his twin daughters? What? Anna one, Anna two. What? <laughs> <laughs> Anna one, Anna two. All right, I wanted to go on a diet, but I feel like I have way too much on my plate right now. <laughs> To whoever stole my copy of, they, they won't get that one. You'll get it, Mama. To whoever stole my copy of Microsoft Office, I will find you. You have my word. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get that, Josie? Microsoft Word. Oh, very good. Yeah. All right. Whenever the cashier at the grocery store asks my dad if he would like a milk in a bag, he just replies, no, just leave it in the carton. <laughs> Two goldfish are in a tank. One says to the other, do you know how to drive this thing? Uh, Get it? Tank? Like the army. Tank. Colby, you haven't even smiled. All right, last one. Why did the picture go to jail? Why? Because it was framed. (laughs) 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 So we made the decision a long time ago um, that we were going to put our relationship above our relationship with our kids and with our children. And like I said, for us, it was a little different because... We were married for so long before we brought kids into the mm-hmm. picture. Um, but other couples, it's, it's not. It's not that way. They don't have that time to prepare, to kind of survey the landscape, to decide what kind of parents and, and what kind of spouse they want to yeah. be of, you know, of their kids. And, and so I think that's something you definitely have to think through. But why is it so, why is it a challenge to put our spouse above our kids? Because I hear that all the time. Well, I mean, I think in in the early stage when you bring home this little baby they're they're helpless you've got to do everything for them they you've got to make sure that they're fed you've got to change their diapers you've got to you know you're so they're so physically needy um and then they become emotionally dependent on us and i just think okay well my spouse can fend for themselves because this little kid needs me Mm -hmm. um and that and so that's that's a valid thing that you can kind of get your kids do need you especially Mm -hmm. when they're little and I don't know that we always do a good job of teaching them independence. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, and, and, and truthfully, let's go back to the very needy, like infant. <clears throat> There's usually one spouse that can view those needs a little better than the other, and typically that's the the, the mama. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we get this dog, right? We get Charlie, and um, about a year ago, and reluctantly. 
Bonnie, you got Charlie. And I see you, though, and, man, that poor dog, if you weren't in the picture, he would have fur that would grow out to the floor, and he would have fleas, and the dog would have an ear infection, and he'd probably never get fed. Uh, yeah. We try, but we can't hold a candle to how you I like like how do you you see his needs? And that's why he likes you better. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't like fleas. So. But but a lot of times it's the same way with babies and little kids. Like the dads, we we help and we get in there, but there's just some of those needs that um we weren't gifted to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, well and then then that kind of feeds into that. So because I see those needs, then Okay, so the dog even he takes a lot of energy. I mean, I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> this dog is high maintenance. He's high maintenance. So, but you know, with kids, they take so much energy and so much time, and so in our relationship, because kids demand that you give them the time and the energy right. and all those things, especially when they're little. But well, you, the law kind of wants you to uh, well, give them that energy, right? But I mean, to. when they get old enough to do things for themselves, they still don't want That's to. True. That's they true. don't want to, and and then they get opinions, and they get activities, and then they still are, Mama, did you wash this? Mama, did you, hey, did you sign this? Did you sign me up for this? Did you, I got to be this place this time? I'm like. Or there's like five things that they have to do in the morning to get ready for school, and they know every one of those five uh-huh. things. Good Lord, they've been doing it for 10 years, yeah. and yet, did you do this? Mm-hmm. They'll do that one thing. Do you do this? Yeah. They'll do that other thing. And and they just, Mm -hmm. the more you stay on them, the more you give them attention, the more they just kind of relax into this. I'm going to, I'm going to make, you know. So that takes a lot of energy. And then by the end of the day, when you come home, I'm depleted of all energy that I've got left to give to you. And I've given them all my time. I've given them all my energy. And so it's easier to just pour all of that in the kids and then there's nothing left for you um and then there's sometimes that those because they there is that neediness I can feel validated by that mm-hmm. I can become codependent on them because you can handle yourself and maybe you're not as you know you don't need me as much and there's something in maybe the female or maybe just me that I take all of that and I'm like okay well they need me that kind of feels good to be needed and it validates me. Um, yeah, we we use this illustration a lot that it's like we, we have this little cup and it says validate me on it. And we walk around to everybody in our life and, and just say, can you put something in my cup to fill my cup to validate me? Well, and I, that's and, not original. I stole that from Lisa Turker, so I'll give her props for that. But but it's so true. We we do. We want you validate me. Mm-hmm. And if you don't if you don't validate me, then I'm going to go hold it out to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And my children usually will because it's like oh, they oh especially do. when they're little. Yeah. Oh yeah. Man, especially when kids are little, they hugs and cuddles and all that kind of stuff. I love you, mommy. When you walk in the door and your kids run in to to hug you, man, your validation meter goes way up. Mm-hmm. And um and so and your spouse usually doesn't do that. Well, sometimes, and not, but not always. But and because of that, there's there are a lot of times that in marriage we feel more emotionally and physically connected to our children than mm-hmm. we even do our spouse. Well, um, there's a lot of, and I think it's the way men and women are wired and created. Um, women feel a validation more through relationship, mm-hmm. and men feel validation more through achievement or more through work. 
And so, um, so that's why when the man walks in at the end of the day, if they feel validated at work or they're achieving at work or work's going great, or maybe they break work home to feel further validated. But the, but the mom sometimes gets her validation tank full through the kids. Yeah, I can see that. And that can get very dangerous. It's- so then let me pose this question because I think people ask it a lot. We we tend to think, well, the kids should come first. You know, we brought these children into the world. Is there anything wrong in marriage when we're putting our number one priority is on the children? Should we or shouldn't we do that? You want me to answer that? I want you to answer that. <laughs> Can I throw it back to you? Yeah. Um, after the break. No. Um, <laughs> No break. You're in the hot seat now. But I, 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 I do. I do think that there's a lot of danger when the kids come first. Now, again, I say this. There's, things are situational. You know, so in, in one situation, my attention needs to turn to this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like in parenting, you got multiple kids. For, for a season, one kid might need more attention than the others but then that's going to shift so that pendulum goes back and forth so there might be a season where okay we really need to focus in on the kids they're going through something here there's something major at school or yada 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 whatever that is i stole that from seinfeld that's not original (laughs) um so but overall generally no the kids Mm -hmm. don't need to be first and i think there's a danger in in when we put the kids first Mm -hmm. and um or that they're our our sole priority Right, or a primary priority. Over our spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the world will validate that. I mean, the world will say all day long, you know, I believe the children are our future. (laughs) And and we should lead them, (laughs) let them lead the way, teach them well. And so the world will validate that thought process is that your kids need to be first. We need to think of the children. No child left behind. Yes, that's 100% good. But that's exactly why the family has deteriorate, deteriorated, how do you say that word? Deteriorate, deteriorate, you say it. Deteriorate? I, you can't say it either. Up. Now you've messed me up. The, okay. the family has broken down, deteriorated. Is that right? I can't even, I don't even know anymore. And so that's, that's, that's why, because we've put the, the focus elsewhere mm-hmm. instead of the marriage relationship. And so, so goes the marriage, so goes the family, so goes the family, so goes society. Well, and we're not making this, that we, this isn't a Daniel and Bonnie opinion. We got this from the source of the one who created mm-hmm. family. And mm-hmm. so, um, this is a biblical principle. Um, Genesis, in the very beginning, God created heaven and earth, he created man and woman, and he brought them together in marriage, and he said, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. And then in Matthew um, chapter 19, 4 through 6, there were some Pharisees who were asking Jesus, is it okay to divorce? And um, they were actually trying to trip him up yeah, there, typically trying they were. to trap him up here. But, but here's what he responded. He says, haven't you read that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and they will be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So I wanted... But that's not talking about the kids, right? 
<laughs> let's let's dig into that for a, a little bit because there's several things that are said. There's a lot in that one statement that first of all he said the two will become one flesh, so they're no longer two, but they're one. So I think the first thing we have to think about there is that God designed husbands and wives to cleave to, to stick to, to become one. He didn't, he didn't design children and parents to become one. He never says in scripture, children become one flesh with the mom and dad or children become one with your mother. No. Um, Or father. No. And we say, and we say this often that when we, when a husband and wife get married, they're not, you don't wait until you have kids to become a family. Mm-hmm. That we're a family when we got married. Man, that used to aggravate the yeah. snot out of us when we were, <clears throat> when we were married. And um, our story is we were married eight years, started trying to have kids, took us five years to get them here. And so, but people would come up to us and say, when are you going to start a family? Mm-hmm. When are you going to start a family? And, oh man, we'd get so aggravated and say, well, and finally, I think we just started kind of smart alecky saying, well, we are a family. Mm-hmm. We got, we became a family on June 29th, 1996, when mm-hmm. we got married. Kids don't make a family. You bring kids into a family. Yeah. And I think that's a foundational view <clears throat> that you have to adopt if you're going to have a healthy mm-hmm. understanding of ch- the placement of children within the family. Well, and God has designed, he even said before he, so he created this marriage and and the first thing he says is before children are even in brought into, I'm I'm assuming he created Adam and Eve as full grown adults and and they were married. (laughs) Yeah. In the books, in the little picture books when we were in Sunday school, that's the way they look. They were grown adults. Yeah. Okay. So, but then he says, he, he brings husbands and wives together and then he says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and become united to his wife. There had been no father and mother at that point when he established that because mm-hmm. he knew that was going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. And he says that we grow, I grew up in my family and then I leave my father and mother, which mm-hmm. tells me that God has a plan for our children to grow up and leave us mm-hmm. and to establish their own family so so how unhealthy is that then if the kid is is placed as number one in the family that now they have to leave their family and start their own that's unhealthy for the child it's also unhealthy for the the family that they're mm-hmm. leaving mm-hmm. because because now what yeah and and i think that happens so frequently because We've wrapped our whole lives around the children, mm-hmm. all of our conversations, all of our activities. They, Even the but, purpose. Yes. The purpose of our marriage over the course of our kids from 5 to, to mm-hmm. 18 becomes all about their extracurricular, all about their interests, all about what they do. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference in um, your purpose being about something and your actions being, your activities being, meaning... Do you, does that mean, okay, we can't do travel ball, we can't do lacrosse, we can't do drama, we can't do swim meets? Absolutely not. not. The, per, the question is, why are we doing those things? Mm-hmm. And do those things take precedence over our marriage? Mm-hmm. Is it causing us to, there's going to be a season, and it's coming very quickly, where we have to divide and conquer over activities. Mm-hmm. 
that physically pulls us apart, but that does not have to separate us mm-hmm. emotionally. It doesn't have to separate us in our marriage. In our marriage and our purpose and our mission. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and we don't want to become codependent on the children or for them to come become codependent on us because one day God says they will leave their father and mother and they then will start their own family. Well, you think about it. I mean, if you've got two kids two years apart, so your child rearing in the home is about 20 years unless they come back and live with you during college and after college. But let's just say they <clears throat> 20 move plus out. years. 20 plus years. Well, you married, you married 50. Okay, so I'm really bad at math, but I think that's like 30 years. Mm-hmm. That's 30 years. That you're there without the kids. Sure. So then what? Uh-huh. Then what? So, I mean, and we kind of always, it's kind of our, our joke that, um, we tell them, you know, we're raising you to leave us one day. We, we, they kind of like, you want us to leave? And we're like, eventually, yes. That's <laughs> honestly, that's in our, that's in our vernacular mm-hmm. in, in our, in our conversations with our kids. I mean, they know from the beginning, I mean, cause, because they would, they would say little, little things just kind of playing around. Daddy, who do you love more? Me or mommy? And I'd be like, and they knew my answer. And I, I well, baby, mommy all day long. It almost made them feel secure to hear that answer. They asked me that because they wanted to hear that answer. I said, because you're going to leave me one day and find your own husband, and I get mommy for the rest of my life. What would they do if you just said, well, I'll love y'all more. I don't like her anymore. today, she's just hacking me (laughs) off, and I love you more. That'd be funny. Yeah, that would take away their foundation to say that. But, um, you know, we've explained to them that we're a forever family, and that one day they will have their forever family. So mm-hmm. it's part of training them up in a way of understanding that that they will leave us one day. And that that's a healthy thing. And that we want them to flourish and to do well. And that takes away some of that codependency from me. Because mm-hmm. I know, and I, I'm preparing myself even now, that they will leave me. So I, I have to have things in my life. And I have to have you in my life as a priority above even my children. So Yeah, the problem is I think many times is the marriage relationship isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And so our default second place is the kids. And and by default we put them first. Mm-hmm. Because my marriage relationship isn't healthy, my spouse get my nerves, we're not clicking, we're not communicating. Yeah. Sexual intimacy's gone. So now what do I have? Well, okay, so a lot of men p- drive to to their attention goes to their work mm-hmm. um, or to the kids, you know, and, and, and vice versa. Women, sometimes their attention goes to work or to the kids. But the kids relationally, by default, get yeah. primary. Yeah. And that's a very dangerous place to be because they were never intended to be mm-hmm. in that seat on the bus mm-hmm. to begin with. Um, another thing is that our bond is one that not even our children should come between the bond between a husband and wife. It says, therefore, whatever God joined together, let no one, not even your kids separate. Mm. And there's, um, Marty, how do they do this? They do, they do this a number of ways, but how can our kids separate us? Um, well, I think they emotionally can separate us. If, you know, we, if I make the choice consciously or subconsciously to give all of my emotional connection to them, then I have, I have chosen them over you. If I'm getting my needs met emotionally from my children, mm-hmm. then 
I'm not getting those, I'm not connecting with you on an emotional level because they will drain you emotionally. Um, and they're, they're going, they're getting ready. Ours are getting ready to go through the season where they're going to be teenagers not too long from now. And mm-hmm. that takes a lot of emotional commitment and dedication to the children. But I have got to find reserves. I've got to reserve um, that emotional connection, the primary emotional connection for you for my spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it becomes harder when you know that there are these children who are asking for the emotional connection, but the spouse might not be as overtly seeking it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a, as females, we talk about how females are driven by the emotional and relational connection. But if what happens, if my husband is a little bit more driven at work, he's connected at work and you get home and you'd have no energy for me, but I've already emotionally connected with the children. Ah, that's all right. Mm-hmm. I've connected here. I'm tired. So we, then we start on our separate paths. One of us moving towards connection with work. One of us moving towards connection with the children. And then we get further and further apart emotionally. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard place to be in your marriage. Yeah. So emotionally they come between us. I think, I think a second way is they come between us um, physically. Um, <clears throat> Especially when they're young. Yeah. Man, uh, those little suckers demand attention, you know? They do. It's like Charlie Dog. That dog gets on your last nerve, and then he comes up and cuddles beside you, and you forget everything that dog's done. That's just the way the kids are, right? Yeah. And they're not teenagers yet, so that probably won't happen then, mm-hmm. maybe. maybe. But um, it's part of that breaking apart process. But how they get in between us physically is when they're little – um, we always kind of had a rule and again, we kind of surveyed the landscape over m- many years and saw that we didn't want kids sleeping in our bed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know that's not a, probably a popular opinion. I know a lot of parents that are for it. A lot of parents are against it. It's kind of a polarizing parenting opinion for us. We felt like that, um, that was our sacred place mm-hmm. um and growing up we never got to sleep in our parents yeah. bed and, and maybe um, if my dad was out of town for a weekend on a hunting yeah. trip maybe it was a very special occasion if that happened yeah and the same thing i had a brother that had to come home temporarily because of a job and he mm-hmm. worked nights so he would we didn't have any more bedrooms so i would sleep with my dad uh two or three nights a week because my mom was working nights That's and right. so half of his bed was freed up so for about a year I went from my bedroom to his bedroom to the couch to my bedroom, you know, that kind of thing. But only, but other than that, um, we didn't. And my parents' bedroom was really a sacred place. Mm-hmm. Like, we just didn't go in there yeah. unless we were invited in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I think that's a really important thing that, like, on, on our rule is when that door's shut, you knock. You don't yeah. just barge in mommy and daddy's room. We've got to have one physically sacred place mm-hmm. in our house that we can be together we can talk, physically, we emotionally, can, yeah. verbally, whatever, it's that the kids just place. can't barge into. And it's our right. safe place. Well, and that does teach them, too, that this relationship, there are boundaries they can't barge into. Yeah. That, that we've put up some boundaries saying mama and daddy need mama and daddy time. And um, there are sacred spaces that yeah. they can't get into. And that's the physical way. But there's also once I have emo- physically given myself all day long to their activities, I can physically just not have time for you physically because I'm too tired mm-hmm. um, because I've given all that energy to them. But another way they divide us is sometimes tactically. 
I mean, they figure out as they get older, you know, I can kind of, if mama says no, I'll come see what daddy says. Um, And that was the biggest, one of the biggest things growing up. I knew that if my mom said no, my dad was going to say no or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And typically if they didn't know, they'd ask, they'd say, what'd your mama say? Mm. Well, she, okay, well, I'm going to say no too. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, and that's something that we've also told them. We, we've tried really hard to say what is what is other person's like. There have been times that even we've disagreed on, I've disagreed on how you handled something, but they didn't know it because mm. oh, yeah. behind or, or vice versa. And later we'd say, I don't, I, I disagree with that. But we would talk about it behind closed doors because we, the last thing we ever want them to think is there's a splinter between us that we, they could kind of, oh, maybe I can get in between mom and daddy and I can kind of divide them a little bit because they need to know we're on the same page. And it's for their benefit. The, I mean, they feel so secure when they know they can't come between us. They don't like it. No. Nobody, no kid likes Mm-mm. it. But I think it sets up their world to be secure. The, the problem with is a kid that can come between a mom and dad tactically is they begin to run the household. Mm-hmm. And that is a very dangerous and a very unhealthy place to be when you've got kids, especially when they get to be teenagers and they begin to, to you know. It's not God's order for things no. because he, he, they don't have the ability emotionally, spiritually. Mm-mm. Their brain's not equipped to be able to make those kind of decisions that will impact an entire family yet. No, none of it, and that's not that. a knock. None of us were at that no, age. But they will try. Mm-hmm. They will try it because by nature we're selfish, and a child's going to do what they can to to have their needs met mm-hmm. the, or their wants met even mm-hmm. the way they want to. And if uh, and we struggle with that as adults, oh, so that's you yeah. know we definitely do. So we have to really guard that. And and to be honest, I think this is probably more of a a female issue than it is i mean i'm not not across the board but when we talk about that kids should come second i i see moms struggle with this more probably than men do Um, moms maybe more than dads because we we do feel this huge even if we're the even if we're working i know a lot of moms who work they we still feel that responsibility that the kids have got to be taken care of and and it it feels like you think there's an empathetic guilt in it? Like, <clears throat> we're not connecting. Dad's busy at work or I'm busy at work. I've got the computer in my lap all day and the kids are, you know, so to make up for that, because I feel guilty, we're not giving them what they need. Mm-hmm. I'll let them, I'll just dote on them emotionally, physically, Maybe. or let them have a higher rank in the family than they need. Maybe. Maybe. Um I think moms do struggle with that, though. Mm-hmm. We struggle with, but the kids need this. He can wait. Mm-hmm. And and I struggle with that. I mean, just honest. I struggle with that. And I have to, and, and you do a good job of helping keep that, you know, here's the relational order that this that's going to be in our home. You help keep that in perspective for me. Um, otherwise, I mean, even when they were little, they probably would have just run it all. And so I have to struggle with that. And I have to come back to this and remind myself, God has designed our home to work this way. And when it gets out of order, I feel less 
I feel I feel like I'm out of control. I mean, I feel out of it feels chaotic to me, and I'm not being the kind of wife that God's called me to be to you. And then they eventually suffer for it. Mm-hmm. I have to remind myself God's order of things is our, my relationship with Him to fill me first, and then my relationship with you because it's a till death do us part relationship and that I am investing in them and I am modeling for them what I want our children to see as a healthy marriage. So one day they will leave and they'll know what a healthy marriage looks like. Mm -hmm. And that's to their great benefit if they can understand that they come second. Mm -hmm. I I think I've said this before on the podcast, but the line my mom used to say all the time I didn't understand as a kid was the greatest thing I can do for you boys is love your dad. And I keep going back to that because it's so true. Um, it's so true. So what are some next steps for you if you're listening today? Um, one is I think you need to really sit down and, and, and ask yourself the question, is it my relationship with God that fills me up and then pours in, and then second, it pours into my relationship with my spouse, and then third, the relationship with my kids? And then everything else, or are those things out of order? Mm-hmm. And and that's going to, th- I think a lot of our next steps on this podcast is it calls for a conversation with your spouse, but it does. Yeah. Um, and and who's, <clears throat> who's to blame? Typically it's both. But what's your part to play in this? And I think you, another thing is you've got to become self-aware enough and humble enough to not just evaluate and say where how do I think that things line up in our family but sit down and ask your spouse do you feel like I put you first or do you feel like you play Mm. second to the children that's a hard question to ask because you might get an answer you're going to get an answer you don't like and I think we usually know the answer to that Mm -hmm. and that's why it's hard to ask it yeah but God first, spouse second, kids third. And your kids will turn out way better because of it, way more balanced. And and guess what? You're not just sowing in them. You're sowing in their future family, in your grandkids too, because kids model what they see. Kids will become what they see. And if they see you putting them before your spouse, guess what? When they get married, that's going to be their tendency. Those deep-seated patterns. So, Well, that's all for today. Thanks for joining us, and we hope that you will tune in next week. Enjoy your adventure. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week.